0: welcome to the Roll bama roll podcast i'm wesley gullett as always i'll be joined by brad canning brad a day is upon us we will be in town partaking in the festivities let everyone know where they can find us this weekend
1: well, hopefully, uh, not in the local Tuscaloosa County jail. Um, <laughs> where we're going to be at, and we would love to come meet you guys uh, out there and have some food with us and some good drinks. We're going to be at Druid City Brewing uh, with some of our friends, the owners, Bo Hicks and Elliot. They're awesome people. Uh, they got great beer they make there. And one of our friends, Tony, he's bringing about 60 pounds of Boudin, some Gator, some Rabbit. You know, it's just going to be a great time every year. And if you guys got time before the game starts, bring yourself on by, come say hello, and have a
0: drink. All right, we're going to hit on what to watch during the spring game the revamp coaching staff position battles a new look special teams but first we want to catch up on the week that was for nate oates in the alabama basketball program kyra lewis despite receiving interest from almost every major program imaginable including duke has decided to pull his name out of the transfer portal brad and return to alabama for his sophomore season this to me solidifies the year one judgment i know we talked about this last week but regardless of who Trendon watford commits to on the 20th which Could possibly be Memphis now. (laughs) Nate Oates officially goes into the battle for Atlantis in November with a roster ready to win right now.
1: Yeah, can I just say first, I am loving the fact that this basketball program is to a point where we can happily do weekly updates because of (laughs) NATOs. So that's the first point. The second point is props to uh, Jordan Harper, our guest last week, our friend. He pretty much told us uh, it was about 90% at that point for Kyra returning. And I think everyone deep down kind of believed he would. And I'm very, very happy that he did make that decision to come back because not only did we not really have the depth at that point guard position, but... He's such a talent with such a high ceiling. And we got a little help, too, from Duke as well uh, to return Kyra Lewis.
0: Trey Jones has kind of unexpectedly decided to return to Duke for his sophomore season, which means, of course, one less scholarship available on their roster. So the probability of Trenton Watford landing a Duke offer has went down some with that decision. And look, expectations ramp up even more for me if they add another McDonald's All-American to the roster next season. But even without Watford. Kyra Lewis and John Petty returning means that we do not have to be patient with Nate Oates like we have with other coaches in the past. This is not a wait-and-see situation, and you can give credit to him for basically batting a 1,000 since he's got to campus. He pulled Kyra out of the portal. He pulled Petty out of the portal. He landed a top 100 big. He's apparently eased the minds of the players he wants to keep, You literally could not do more than what Nate Oates has done in his short time at Alabama. But in doing so, he has erased any thought that this might be a rebuilding job because it is not.
1: Yeah, no, He's most places gotta take a year or two to rebuild. He's getting it done in about two weeks. And he's going to, in a sense, be his own worst enemy. He's going to be a victim of his own success in this first year.
0: Exactly. But
1: he's got all the chips right now falling his way in order to have every reasonable asset needed to make it work.
0: Also, Alabama freshman Deontay Wood entered his name into the transfer portal. He redshirted this past season. We thought that might be a possibility. We touched on it. But what this means is that Alabama will have another spot open, even if Watford commits to them on the 20th. So look for them to add two more players regardless. Big picture, this is a net positive for the program. What it does is it opens a spot for a grad transfer ball handler to go alongside Kyra, which is desperately needed, obviously. And it'll open an additional spot in the 2023 cycle. So this allows Nate Oates to gain depth in year one with what will presumably be a proven player and add one extra recruit of his choosing for year two.
1: And for the last few days now, we've kind of watched videos of these uh, these two names to keep an eye on. And I'm very excited for both, but especially one of them that you're about to mention.
0: Yeah. So just to catch everyone up on what to look for going forward and the options Alabama has for their open spots, West Virginia grad transfer James Beetle Bolden. Is visiting campus this weekend. This is clearly the extra point guard they want. I'd be mildly surprised if he isn't on Alabama's roster next season. Uh, I think the West Virginia system to Nate Oates system would be a pretty natural transition. I think a lot of people would agree with that. He was considered West Virginia's top three-point shooter. He shot over 40% from three in his first two seasons. He shot 34.9% this season before he was injured in uh, late January against Tennessee. He averaged 12.2 points per game and 2.5 assists. Uh, James Beadle Bolden seems to be option one in the grad transfer pool.
1: Yeah, and you know he's going to be uh, taking a visit through a day weekend, and I won't be surprised if we'll be talking about him uh, come this next episode next week again as well.
0: Yeah, I think I think we might be talking Bolden's commitment. Obviously, the staff is all in on Trenton Watford filling that last open spot, assuming no one else transfers. But if. He commits to Memphis on the 20th, which, like we said, is a possibility. Two Memphis writers on 24-7 put in their predictions to Memphis on Thursday. Trendon Watford is currently in Memphis playing with Memphis signees. We may see Nate Oates turn his attention to a JUCO player. He signed at Buffalo, James Rojas. Rojas is not a highly ranked prospect. He did have a successful high school career. He averaged almost 30 points per game a senior season. He went the junior college route. He averaged double digits at Hutchison Community College. If you're unfamiliar with Hutchison Community College, it's it's one of the bigger JUCO athletic departments in the country. He scored 18.8 per game this past season. He's a 6'7 forward. He has a decent three-point shooting percentage, which is going to be a common trait for anyone signing with Alabama going forward, I think. So, So while Rojas may not quite be Trendon Watford, that spot would still be filled with someone who has college experience and who Nate Oates clearly thinks fits in with that style of play.
1: And he's the one I'm, I'm – look, I'm excited for Beatle Bolden too, but he's the one I'm really excited for because I, I think his ceiling and his, his potential is only just now showing for the most part too. I, I get it's Juco. Don't get me wrong. But there's still a lot of talented players there. And I, I – man, I, I don't know. You, you know, what you just said about the three-point shooting, it's been so long since nice. we have had great, consistent – yeah. uh three-point shooting i mean health free throws too but it is going to be so nice to, you know have some bigs too that are able to just pull it up from the key you know and take that shot
0: yeah you can't really stargaze at Rojas but he was also a first team junior college all-American this season so yeah he's no slouch yeah there's a lot of talent i mean i don't know if any of our listeners are really familiar with junior college basketball there are a lot of a lot of guys there that can play high level basketball
1: do yourself a favor and look up some of Rojas' highlights because uh, we did that this week. And like I said, I'm very excited, not only for Beetle Bolden, if both of these come to fruition, but I love the upside to this kid. And I think Rojas, he's not trending Wofford, like you said, but uh, it's nice to have a very solid, quote, plan B behind Trendon.
0: And before we move on to A-Day, Brad, we're going to pause for this quick break. All right, Alabama's spring game is this Saturday, April 13th. Kickoff is at 1 p.m. Central time. If you aren't able to make it in for the game, it'll be aired on ESPN2. Roll Bama Roll, Brad, has put out a series of what-to-watch pieces on coaches, offense, and the freshman D-line. If you haven't had a chance to read those, do yourself a favor and check them out. They're really informative. And just to build on those pieces, Brad, I think the offense will have a couple of small question marks and we'll see some guys emerge. The coaches, I don't think you can really form a solid opinion on until we see really like a, a full recruiting cycle and a full season from them. But the most interesting of that group of topics to me is the freshman defensive line. Of course, the full group has not enrolled yet, right? But two that have are Antonio Alfano, (laughs) who my thoughts are well documented on, and DJ Dale.
1: Whom my thoughts are well documented on the same episode from December. Yeah. Um, but I will say, DJ, faster than I expected, has uh beaten my expectations so far. I mean, he's getting in on the ones rotation now, and that's very telling for a true freshman coming in playing that nose tackle position. And it's not shocking, though, given the fact he replaced Ron Payne in high school. And uh, I think he learned a thing or two, and, and it sounds like this dude is just fitting right in. Yeah,
0: I know you called him the most underrated prospect in our class, but to set the stage for DJ Dale. According to Rivals, he was a three-star and the third-lowest-ranked recruit in Alabama's entire 2019 <laughs> class. They signed 27 guys. He was 25th on that list. Behind, one, a kicker and two, uh, an <laughs> offensive line. So, uh, look, a lot of people felt like Dale was underrated, but I'm not sure that many thought he'd be getting first-team reps during his Dude, first spring. No. Did you see uh, Raekwon have. Davis's quote on him? Uh-uh. Uh, he was asked about DJ Dell on Tuesday. He said, quote, he plays like Duron Payne. He plays just like Deron Payne, end quote. He goes on to say that he tells Dell that, and Dell only responds by saying he's going to be better than Duron Payne. So, Brad, I think uh, we might have found a budding star on the interior defensive line.
1: Yeah, I think he feels a little bit uh, disrespected by being the third lowest recruit in our class. Apparently, uh, the dude's killing it, and you know, also on the flip side of that, it's not shocking at all to hear the same about Antonio Alfano.
0: Of course, th- those are different. They're, they play different positions. There could be a little bit more of a learning curve for Alfano. Uh, he is from New Jersey. Some of some of the high school football up there <laughs> is, uh, what's a nice way to put this. It's not. It's not exactly. They're not playing Hoover. Okay. Mm. But look, 24/7 sort of reciprocated my thoughts by naming him the number one overall recruit in the nation. I'm excited to see what he does Saturday. I think he's running third team right now, Brad. But I expect. I expect by the time fall ro- rolls around, he's gonna have a role. I
1: won't be surprised and hopefully it's not due to just injury, but I won't be surprised if we're talking um, Texas A and m week or so if he's not getting forty to fifty percent of the reps if not vying for a starting spot or you know setting up to that point. I really think his ceiling is high as a, as a
0: true freshman. Moving on to special teams. We're going to hit on special teams, inside linebacker, and safeties. My one and only interest on special teams is probably the same as yours, and his name is Will Rikert.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say, uh, what type of whiskey am I drinking?
0: <laughs> Look, Riker feels like Alabama's last hope at kicker, doesn't he? Like, is it, is it just me, or does it feel like, like if this doesn't work, then none of them ever will?
1: Yeah, it's like you know, getting back with the same ex three times and trying to make it work. At some point, deep down, you're just like, man, I, it's got to work, or I'm just, I'm done. I, I gotta, I gotta move. I gotta get
0: away. Uh, for for those who don't know, Rickard was either the number one or two kicker in the nation on every recruiting service. Chris Saylor, do you remember this, Brad? Chris Saylor's quote on him.
1: It's not coming to me. Up. Say it again. He
0: called him the best high school kicker he's ever coached. And for those unfamiliar with Chris Saylor, he runs the most notable kicking camp in America. Almost every kicker you have ever heard of has kicked for Chris Saylor. So for him to have that praise for Will Reichert is pretty significant. So this one has felt different to me. And For the first time in a long time, it felt like Alabama might have finally found a consistent kicker. But in true Alabama fashion, <laughs> Reichard missed his first two kicks in the first scrimmage of spring practice.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm glad you got to bring that up instead of me because you did it a lot more positive than I did. Um, <laughs> so we joked about it last year You know when we were looking throughout the season at this up, uh, upcoming class, and I thought foot aids was a possibility. Uh, it was nice for him to just go ahead and uh, you know get his diagnosis out of the way on his first two collegiate kit practice kicks ever. But no, I, I think the ceiling is high with him as well, and my hopes aren't, though. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, look, I'll have to admit mine are.
1: I'm okay with it, dude. I mean, as much success as we've had without it, I'm fine with it. I've accepted it at this point. So uh, it'll be tears either way, whether he's good or bad. So.
0: Well, another spot that is not solidified is an inside linebacker. Dylan Moses is obviously a staple there. But after that, it gets a little shaky. There's a lot of question marks there
1: going back to uh, about midway through the season of 2017 right now, just in general of looking at this roster and the experience and the depth and everything. and it's just it's a little concerning and it's something that definitely could come into factor later in the year, depending on development of the guys and the meshing of you know them on the field. But thankfully our schedule sets up to where it may not face an offense that could take advantage or expose that until later in the season.
0: Yeah, Josh McMillan is running with the ones as of now. Your twos and threes are a combination of Markel Benton, Shane Lee, Jalen Moody, and Ale Cahoe. Uh Cajo, if you remember, he's the former five-star. He signed with Washington. He had a change of heart. He left Washington and rolled at Alabama last August. Cajo got time on special teams this past season. He was long thought to kind of be the heir apparent on the inside. And then coming into spring ball... If you remember, he was missing at the opening practices. Nick Saban was quoted as saying, I don't know if at some point in time he'll be ready to come back and play football or not. He has apparently gotten things in order, got back to practice. Uh, he's someone I could see earning a spot with the ones by the time fall comes around.
1: Yeah, I think you know he, he had some plays on special teams last year. I think he'll play a bigger role. Shane Lee as well. We'll touch on him in a second. But I do think his development – There's something Saban sees in him that he likes, and I think his development is a a pretty big focus to be that guy on the twos uh, in that rotation.
0: Yeah, Shane Lee, early enrollee from St. Francis Academy in Maryland. We've talked about St. Francis, that pipeline to Alabama before. He was a top five inside linebacker prospect in the country, built like a tank. Uh, he was listed at six foot, even 248
1: pounds. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my Georgia buddy, he, he went to the Under Armour game in in Orlando, uh, last December. And, uh, he said so perfectly. He's like, uh, I heard Shane Lee's name. I heard he was uh, committed to Alabama. And I looked at the dude. He said, he's just a freaking little stump, man. <laughs> yes, he said, that yeah. dude's a damn headbanger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One of the question marks on him too, was his ability to play in coverage Uh, He actually excelled against the pass during some of the late camps last season, including uh, the All-American practices. Uh, I had a chance to watch him a couple of times at St. Francis. He stood out. Even on a team full of highly ranked players, he was clearly the most active and most productive on that defense. It would not shock me at all to see Shane Lee end up playing an important role this season. So those are kind of the two, I think, Brad, to watch out for at that position during A-Day.
1: Okay, so I know it's this is more inside linebacker, but sticking to just linebacker in general, let me ask you, which folklore do you believe more? The legend of Deron Carter, at Alabama or the legend of Ben Davis at Alabama?
0: Oh, Duron Carter. I was I was bought into Duron Carter, for sure. Because
1: I, I damn sure haven't seen either, and I, <laughs> I just take people's word for it at this point.
0: Yeah, well, hey, if you have watched the Canadian Football League, you've seen Duron Carter.
1: Oh. He yeah, exists. a character, too. <laughs> <laughs> he,
0: yeah. he, he is a real person.
1: I think he was with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had a couple big games, and then I saw uh, one time he had a frickin' tirade on the sideline. It was nice to see that he did exist, but uh, I'm not so sure with Ben Davis yet uh, if, if that's a thing or not. Uh, I'm waiting to be confirmed on that.
0: Yeah, I think Ben Davis, honestly, I mean, if we're, if we're being honest, I think Ben Davis was just overrated coming out of high school. Uh, I just don't think he has it. Duron Carter, I think, had it he he just wouldn't allow himself to succeed by being the person that he was off of the field <laughs> to to put it nicely
1: Yeah, I think uh, Kardashian marriage, that 72-day marriage, uh, lasted longer than Duran's time in Tuscaloosa.
0: Yeah, but look, Chris Carter was bought in. His dad was bought all the way into Alabama and Nick Saban.
1: Dude, I freaking love Chris Carter as an analyst. So I I was happy that his son chose to come here, although I never saw him. But uh, at the end of the day, he does exist. There's still an APB out for Ben Davis. Uh, We'll (laughs) let you know if we do see him. I'll even settle for a special teams appearance. Uh, So, yeah, we'll keep an eye out for Big Ben.
0: All right, Xavier McKinney is possibly Alabama's next All American at safety. We know what we have in him, but the big question is who replaces Deontay Thompson.
1: Now, Xavier started coming on late in the year last year, mm-hmm. but I don't know comfortably if he can manage that back uh, back for you know on his own. I think that there needs to be somebody else cerebral as well to help with you know the alignments, the checks, everything like that.
0: Yeah, uh, Nick Saban's had some high praise for Jared Maiden lately. Shaheem Carter, he's proven at star, but we could also see him find a role back there. Daniel Wright intrigues me. Uh, He's currently running with the twos. He's a name that could emerge. A lot was expected of him early, but he missed an entire season after surgery. So we're taking more of a wait-and-see approach with him. The wild card in all of this, to me, is the incoming freshman class. Alabama's bringing in the top DB class in the nation, undoubtedly. And guys like Jordan Battle and DeMarco Helms, they haven't enrolled yet. So some of the rotation in the secondary may not be settled until later on in the year.
1: And that's good because I think we got great depth, not so much developed, but I feel you talk about confident about the kicker. I feel confident with the players we have on the ones and twos right now in that secondary and that star nickel position too, as well, because I think they got enough guys around them that even if there's some freshmen or inexperienced sophomores that come up and play, we got guys. There to be able to work with them on the field. We haven't had that leadership in the secondary in a while, I think.
0: Yeah, and look, and no matter who fills that spot, there's like a lot of talent in that back group and those defensive backs. So there's, You're going to be hard-pressed to find any program with more talent in that in their entire group. Yeah,
1: make make no mistake. Typically, every year I'm more concerned about the secondary than really any other position group, and really this year not so much. It's it's the obvious, you know, inside linebacker situation overall.
0: All right, Brad, who are you most excited to watch on Saturday? Well, who are you looking <laughs> out for in any position?
1: Oh, if I gave you one name, you'd already know. You go back to saying you really don't have that many questions about the offense. I do. I have a question as to what color suit Najee Harris is going to wear in December (laughs) to New York because I cannot wait to watch the first 2019 carries of him as he gets ready to fire up his Heisman trophy winning season this year. Uh, Yes, I am high on him. Been saying this for over a year. Make sure you bet on Najee to win the Heisman. Don't bill me, but do it right now because he's still sitting at 40 to one odds. I mean, a hundred dollars will pay you $4,000. I think we have a awesome bell cow now we got great death at running back too i'm hearing good things about the freshman Ford kid uh brian robinson still does not get nowhere near the love he should but it's very simple for me it's it's Naji harris uh, i hate to be that basic but i just have a man crush on the dude he is a freaking beast and he has waited his time and that son of a gun's about to start shining
0: you've been on the Najee harris train for a while I was on the Ayabi Anoma train. I thought it'd be tough to keep him off the field his first year. I thought he was probably the closest thing to Jadavion Clowney as far as physical gifts. Since he came out, and sometimes when we're stargazing at these recruits, uh, we may not account for the mental side of things or, or the adjustments they have to make from high school to college. From everything we've heard, there was a curve for Ayabi Anoma when he got to mm-hmm. campus. So even leading up to the spring, we saw him enter his name in the transfer portal. <laughs> Granted, he was in there for like 10 minutes. <laughs> About as
1: long as uh, Deron Carter was on campus. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but from all accounts, word is that he... Turned a corner in spring practice, and he'll play that significant role we all expected this season. I
1: think we talked about this privately a couple months ago, but we we heard, you know, what was going on. We heard, you know, things got addressed with him. I don't want to talk about personal things about him. It's not my place. But it's nice to see as time continues to go on that he is growing into his own now, and – he, he has that opportunity and I heard Sal sincei is basically his shadow and he's like that annoying bird outside when you're you know trying to get an extra 10, 15 minutes of sleep that won't shut the hell up. That's basically Sal in Yabi's ear making sure his mind, his head is on just he's locked in, he's focused. and if that guy can develop and get this down, on his technique and everything you're talking another guy like uh Antonio Afana who's going to work his way into significant playing time throughout the season
0: yeah if Anoma reaches his potential he is a top five draft pick I mean he is that good legitimately one last thing that I think we sh- everyone is probably going to be looking out for look Mac Jones threw four interceptions last week <laughs> at uh, during their scrimmage Leah Tungavaloa got some second team reps if this is a theme for Mac Jones, we have the question, are the freshman quarterbacks ready to be one snap away from playing time? Historically, Brad, the spring game has been a pretty terrible measuring stick for Alabama mm. quarterbacks, but that's still something to keep an eye on Saturday and going forward. I'm
1: to the point, Max. Uh, max about like Cooper Bateman to me. I, I don't know. Uh, I, you know going into spring last year I, I'd heard from people watching you know practice leading up to a day and everything uh, that he was throwing beautiful deep bombs you know he, he led the offense consistently. He made the right decisions with the ball, throwing it away, you know, taking the sack, whatever. But man, in limited action this year alone, didn't look great. I'm not shocked to hear he had four interceptions. I think he's got the talent. I don't necessarily know if our backup quarterback situation is any different than that 2016 season. Thankfully, it's not just the both the starting quarterback and the backup. We got one of the best starting quarterbacks in the country, but Tua, I mean, we, we got to be concerned with injury or potential thereof. And I'm very concerned with what would lie at the quarterback spot. If Tua goes down now, thankfully our offensive line, I believe is going to be better this year. We still have the best receiving core in the country. We got a great depth at running back. So the pieces are there in case, Somebody needs to step up, but I'm not as confident in them making the right decisions leading the offense right now either.
0: And Mac Jones had a really good A day last year, too, if you remember yeah so that's definitely something to keep an eye on brad one last thing i wanted to touch on before we go is that if you are watching the masters this week justin thomas alabama alum is one of the favorites he didn't have a great day one he went from 20 to 1 odds to win to to 70 to 1 going into day two if you want some alabama rooting interest for the masters justin thomas is your guy
1: yeah, no, look, JT, I mean, he's uh, he's definitely one, if not the biggest rising star over the last year and a half in the PGA Tour. I hope he can figure out the Masters. You know, last year he had a couple good rounds, and he had an epic collapse. This year, I think, what, the first round of day, he did a, a plus one, I believe. Yeah um had a couple birdies so we'll see man I, it's something about that place i mean you just you have to have everything on your side hey <laughs> it's the masters though i mean it's freaking awesome tiger you know is showing some shades in the first round i'm, I'm talking about getting your hopes up. i'm trying not to get my hopes up with tiger so i just pray to god we can see one more major with him
0: <laughs> all right this has been the roll bember roll podcast roll todd